Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. You've got Knicks heat right now. Close game. Heat up one point on the Knicks at the start of the second quarter, 31 to 30. You've got Lakers Warriors game four starting a little bit later tonight. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Lakers host the Warriors presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. So let's get into this series, Joe, where you have the Los Angeles Lakers. They drop game two by 27 points. They then rebound on their home floor to dominate the Warriors in game three, 127 to 90. I don't know how you feel about this series. When I listen to the analysis about this series in particular, and I know we do this with every series to some extent, but this series in particular, I feel like it's emotional because there seems to be such a reaction every game. Like I listen after game two and it's, oh, the Warriors, they're still the champs and they've got too much firepower and Anthony Davis disappears and he just can't be consistent in this. this they're going to, the Lakers are going to lose a series. It's going to be on AD. And then they come back in game three and it's like, oh, the Warriors are outmatched. They're old. The Lakers just have too much. There's no answer for Steph Curry. And it, the, it's however the tides are shifting here in this series seems to be where the analysis shifts as well. It's a classic zigzag, classic zigzag series. If I've ever seen one game one, you have a Warriors team that's at home, but they're coming off a game seven win. History has shown us teams coming off a game seven do not fare well in the ensuing game one. And guess what? They lost. Then history tells us teams down one at home are outstanding in game two which is exactly what happened. Warriors win that game, even up the series. Now you come down to LA, the Lakers make some adjustments. You get a good Anthony Davis game and I'll get into the good versus bad, the way he's ping ponging back and forth. It's been incredible, but you get a good Anthony Davis game and they bury the Warriors. The keynote for tonight's game is that there's a lineup change being announced by Golden State. And it's very clear what they want to do to the old time Lakers. They want to get out and they want to run against them. Kevon Looney is not going to start tonight for the Warriors. This is news that broke about 30 minutes ago. It's going to be Gary Payton II getting the start instead of Looney. What does that tell us? The Warriors are going small. What does that tell us? The Warriors want to get out. They want to run. They want to force the Lakers, old LeBron James and old Anthony Davis, to get out there and hustle, break them down, wear them down, and try to outgun them in this game. For those who are curious as to whether or not it can work, the Warriors tried a similar tactic in Game 2. Kevon Looney was apparently sick. They started Jamichael Green. He only played 12 minutes, but he's a lot smaller. They got out and ran. And that game, of the three games played in this series so far, had the fastest pace of any of them. It's exactly what the Warriors wanted to do. And they won that game by 27 points. So be very careful early in this game watching how fast they're getting up and down the court. If you see the Lakers running, chasing up and down, up and down, could be a good sign for the Warriors in this one. They're probably going small because the Warriors were completely unable to match 
the Lakers in terms of physicality there in game three. They also could not stop the Lakers from getting from to the free throw line. The disparity at the stripe in that game was 37 to 17 in favor of the Lakers. The Warriors obviously wanting to take it up a notch in terms of pace and maybe catch the Lakers off guard there. The Golden State looks like they're in trouble at this point because, again, I mentioned the emotional swing and where the swing is right now with the pendulum. It looks like the Warriors are in big trouble. However, We've seen the Warriors look like they're in big trouble time and time and time again. In fact, we just saw it against the Kings. Remember that? They were just down 2-1 against the Kings in the first round as well, and that series went to seven. We saw it against the Celtics in the NBA Finals last year. Very similarly, at the beginning of that series, it felt like these huge swings there from the Warriors. So I've I've seen this show before, and I know better than to count the Warriors out, even though they didn't not look good in game three and they did look completely outmatched I just feel like I know better Joe like somehow I've seen this TV show before I mean what we saw in game three was a remarkable shooting night from LA they are not an elite three-point shooting team and yet they made 48 percent of their long-range shots that's the best shooting performance from deep that they've had in nine playoff games this postseason what does that tell us it's not really sustainable they're probably not going to knock down as many threes tonight All right, they made 15 three-pointers in that game, second most of nine playoff games. Now, conversely, let's take a look at the Warriors. They had an awful game from a shooting Mm -hmm. perspective. 39% from the floor, second worst in 10 playoff games. 29% from deep, second worst in 10 playoff games. They had 19 turnovers, second most in 10 playoff games. They couldn't have played worse, and the Lakers couldn't have played better. When we see things like that, you realize the Lakers – Very difficult to sustain. They're going to come down a little bit. For the Warriors on the negative side, very difficult to continue missing that many shots. They're going to get better. Ultimately, they'll meet somewhere near the middle, and it'll be a much closer game. Just take a look at the Knicks in Miami, for example. Heat are up six points in this one, but the two teams are knocking down shots. This is the exact opposite of what we saw in the last game. Both teams were over 50% from the floor in the first quarter. Julius Randle already has nine. So you're seeing that regression to the mean, that law of averages play out in real time right down there in Miami right now. Yeah, the Lakers did an excellent job defending the three in game three against the Warriors. That's not something that we always say when we're talking about this Warriors team. I would imagine that to change here in game four and the Warriors to be able to hit some shots from the outside again. A lot of the success of the Lakers for me is going to come down to which version of Anthony Davis shows up. Joe, you mentioned there. Talk about zigging and zag. I mean, Anthony Davis is zigging and zagging every other game. Game one. He's great. Game two, ineffective. Game three, 25 points, 13 rebounds, seven stocks that steals and blocks. An incredible game from AD. Again, it's the consistency he seems to lack since he had such a big game in game three. Are we going to see him show up in game four? This isn't just for this series. This is his point total starting in game one against Memphis for the entire playoff run. 22 points, 13 points. 31 points, 12 points, 31 points, 16 points, 30 points, 11 points, 25 points. That brings us to tonight. That brings us to tonight. It is staggering that he's played this many games and he has been Jekyll and Hyde every single night. You said he lacks consistency. I would almost argue that this is more consistent than anybody in the playoffs. Every other (laughs) game, he is really good. Every other game, he is really bad. These might be the most consistent of all the box scores. Hint, hint, maybe play under 24 and a half total points tonight on his player prop.
That's a good point out of you. It is It is certainly a pattern at this point. Listen, right? I am no AD fan. I have not been an AD fan since New Orleans AD. Like, I have just always thought Anthony Davis was overrated. I understand true basketball heads would goff at me saying that because they love his game when he's at the top of his game. For me, true superstars, faces of the league don't do the disappearing act every other game in the playoffs. And that is Anthony Davis. We'll see if he shows up tonight. Right now, the Miami Heat showing up against the New York Knicks. 40-32, to 32, just about eight minutes left in the second quarter in that game. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, which Anthony Davis is showing up? We will get even more into that. Let's get some help from somebody on the ground there in L.A. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a little bonus, Joe and Amber, tonight. We are taking you up until 9.30 p.m. Eastern. That is when coverage of Warriors-Lakers will take over the airwaves here on ESPN Radio. Joe Fortenbaugh and Amber Wilson. Until then, you can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. And all you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio to listen to us. It is that easy. We are going to get some help with the Warriors-Lakers discussion from somebody on the ground there in Los Angeles. Before we do that, though, Joe is going to do what he does best, give you a little bit of that betting advice. Now you can hit it, Rachel. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Let's go out west to a 10 p.m. tip between the Warriors and the Lakers game four. We're going to play the Warriors plus the two and a half points. Zigzag theory in full effect. We have seen this series go back and forth the whole way. I think that continues again tonight. Look at game three. The Warriors couldn't have been worse from the field. 39% shooting, 29% from deep. It will not be that bad again. Conversely, look at the Lakers. 48% from deep. 
When did they become an elite three-point shooting team? That's the best three-point shooting they've had all postseason. That's coming down. Combine that with the fact that the Warriors are making a lineup change. Gary Payton in. Kevon Looney out. They're going to try to go small. They're going to try to go fast like they did in game two. That led to a 27-point win. We're going to go ahead and ride the train. Golden State, plus two and a half over the Lakers. James, wing right for three. God save the kick. Final score, Los Angeles 127, Golden State 97. Come Monday, you know we're going to have a dogfight on our hands. So again, coverage of Warriors-Lakers begins right here on ESPN Radio at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. You heard Joe say it there, Gary Payton the second is getting the start tonight over Looney. So you'll have Peyton, you'll have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green starting for the Golden State Warriors as they try to have a much better shooting night tonight than they had in Game 3. They kind of need a better night in every regard. They certainly need a better night stopping the Lakers from getting to the line. They need a better night defensively, shutting down the Lakers shooting, shutting down Anthony Davis. But I feel like the story of this series really has been AD, and it shows you how important AD is. When he is playing in his prime AD play, which we know he's fully capable of as Anthony Davis He seems unstoppable. I mean, he seemed unstoppable in game one and unstoppable in game three. The problem is the disappearing act in game two. And typically we get that disappearing act and you reference there all the numbers. And this is a consistent theme throughout this postseason. We get the disappearing act after the big name from Anthony Davis. And in turn, we get the Lakers lost because the Lakers really are, I think, even more dependent on how AD plays than how LeBron plays at this point. Well, especially on the defensive end. While he's been inconsistent offensively, defensively, he's been rock solid night in, night out. And he's anchoring the best defense of the postseason right now by several key metrics. You can make the case for Miami. I'm not trying to dog them. But a lot of the key metrics say that LA's been the best defense so far in the postseason. And Davis is a big reason for that. So he's helping on that end of the court. The other thing to keep in mind is that these two teams feature a lot of shall we say, aging guys. It's not like they're past their prime, but they're aging a little bit. And when things are going south in these games, they pull the ripcord in the fourth quarter to basically get the message out that we're not going to play any minutes. We don't have to play. And that benefited LA. In game two, they realize they're getting blown out. James is out of the game. Davis is out of the game. They save themselves a few minutes here and there, and then they can go full throttle in game three, which is what we saw. And they played at a very high level. Now here's the turnaround. How are you going to perform in tonight's game? Can Anthony Davis finally break this trend and step up big? I think the Warriors are going small for a reason. I think they want to get him running up and down the court. I think they want to tire him out. And by the end of that game, if his legs aren't there, he's not going to be knocking down shots. Now, you're mentioning there that they're going small, which they are with the change there in their starting lineup, but also Kayvon Looney coming off of an illness that he's been battling the last few games, which is why he's had the limited minutes. Now he's not getting the start tonight. I don't know if the that lingering illness has anything to do with that or if this is just a strategic basketball decision. Let's bring in some help with the conversation. Corey Alexander, he is on the call tonight for Lakers Warriors. Again, our coverage at ESPN Radio starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Corey, thanks so much for joining us. What do you make of the decision not to start Looney tonight for the Warriors to start Gary Payton the second instead? Well, if you go back and look at the first quarter and see who it actually was that got off to a great start, it was D'Angelo Russell. So when you think about putting DP2 in the starting lineup, now he takes on that responsibility 
of defending D'Angelo Russell. Of course, it makes the Warriors a smaller team, but it moves Andrew Wiggins to the four, so the matchup with LeBron James really sizes out pretty well for the Golden State Warriors. So, of course, you know, in in this series, you know, as much as any other series, you see the, the chess pieces continue to be moved, and this is just the latest move from Steve Kerr to try to find a way to slow down the Lakers early in this game. Is there an explanation for what's going on with Anthony Davis on the offensive end? I mean, one night it's 31, the next night it's 16. The next night it's 30, the next night it's 11. He's been yo-yoing all playoffs long. It's, it's simply about adjustments, and again, I think it's, you know, I mean, I understand that there's a level of urgency, there's a level of aggressiveness that Anthony Davis can have, but you also have to give the opposing coaches and teams credit for the way that they're defending Anthony Davis after he goes off for a big game. I think we will see a change in that. Now, I'm not saying that he will go for 20 points or more in this game, but I think we will see a change in his level of aggression to start this game. But more importantly, one thing that he has done consistently, which is not talked about, is he has defended and been an anchor defensively very consistently for these Lakers. One of the reasons why they may be the best defensive team in the playoffs right now, an opportunity to be able to go up 3-1 here on their home floor. Corey Alexander, ESPN NBA analyst, is on the call tonight here on ESPN Radio for Lakers Warriors. That coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So there were answers that the Lakers had defensively for this Warriors team in Game 3. Do you expect that the Warriors are going to be able to shoot better in Game 4, or can the Lakers create the same magic and still have an answer for Steph Curry? I believe Steph will have a much better shooting night tonight. When you look at the numbers, the last time that Steph Curry has lost games, by 15 or more points in the playoffs, he is 8-0 and in the next game. So he's going to come out firing, no question about that. Even go back and look at what happened in Game 7 against Sacramento where he went for 50. I'm not sure if he can get 50, but he's going to be much more aggressive. And Steve Kerr will have to find that balance of having to play with Steph with the basketball in his hand and off the basketball. But once again, give the Lakers credit. They've done something defensively that I'm not sure that the, the Warriors have seen much of and they're pretty much playing on the top side of both Steph and Clay whenever they give the basketball up and pretty much just flat out denying those guys opportunities to get the basketball back once they get it out of their hands. Is there a team that would benefit from this series going longer or benefit conversely from it going shorter should the Warriors tie it up tonight? They've both got aging vets. They both have aging vets. However, the Lakers' <laughs> greatest vet, is even older. So if anyone would benefit from it being a shorter series, it would be LeBron James. And I think if the Lakers can win this in six, if they win tonight, most likely they're not going to win in San Francisco, you know, in game five, but they will most likely end it here in game six. On the flip side of it for the Warriors, it makes more sense for it to go longer. If they have a game seven on their home floor, they would have to be favored in that matchup. Corey, I only have about 20 seconds left. So in one word, is tonight a must win for the Warriors? No, Steve Kerr says it's not a must win. So no, it's not a must win. As long as they have life, they can still make things happen. We've seen the Warriors come back in 3-1 before. We certainly have. You can never count those guys out. Corey Alexander, ESPN NBA analyst, on the call tonight for Lakers Warriors. He's running off uh, to get ready for that game. 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Our coverage begins here on ESPN Radio. That game tips at 10 p.m. Eastern tonight. So you certainly will want to stay tuned for your coverage of that game. We are in the midst as well of keeping you up to date on Heat Knicks. 
that game right now. 49-39 advantage heat. It is about three minutes remaining in the second quarter of that game. We'll continue to keep you up to date on that series as well. Coming up Let next Let me jump year. in real quick, real quick. The Blackhawks, number one in the NHL draft. Connor Bedard heading to Chicago. There you go. Uh, coming up next here, you're supposed to be a big, big deal. Uh, coming up next here on Joe and Amber, there's just going to be more sports. Let's do it. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Joe and Amber, find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You are getting an extra 30 minutes of Joe and Amber tonight. You're welcome, America. We are on air until 9.30 tonight, and we will take you right up to the coverage here on ESPN Radio of Warriors-Lakers. That coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. That game tips at 10 p.m. Eastern. But right now, let's big deal, not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Joe and Amber? Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. That's a big deal. Progressive Commercial Insurance can protect your small businesses with over 30 coverage options, an easy-to-use mobile app, personalized discounts, and more. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. We bring in James Steele, producer extraordinaire, to help us with big deal, not a big deal. Yeah, so this is big deal, not a big deal. I'll... uh tell you something and you got to tell me if it's a big deal or not a big deal pretty pretty simple rules pretty complex i don't know let's see if we can follow them all right so the brewers last month uh, extended beer sales into the eighth inning and now they have changed their minds about that uh saying that they said it basically wasn't uh something that happened with a fan that made them change their minds to uh stop sales in the seventh inning it was that it wasn't worth it uh, basically, all all concession sales uh, concession sales drop late in games, and it wasn't worth it to extend it into the eighth inning. But Amber, big deal or not a big deal that uh, the Brewers changed their minds? They're not uh, selling beer through the eighth inning. I would say this is not a big deal because of the reason that they walked this back, where they said that they discovered that keeping the concession stands open until the end of the game, they weren't making money anyways in the eighth inning. So it wasn't worth their time to pay their vendors to keep those stands open. It makes sense that people would just sort of naturally stop buying beer towards the end of a baseball game. You know you're about to leave. You're probably not trying to rush to the stand to get one more beer, and the few people that are maybe don't make it worth the while. Plus, you have a whole crowd of people not used to being able to buy beer in, in the final inning. So maybe that's part of the issue here. They did this originally because of the pitch clock, because baseball games are much shorter now. And that's why they felt the need to sort of extend the beer sales to the entire length of the game. However, if it's not selling anyways, then why bother, Joe? The people don't really seem to want it. They're not utilizing it. Then I guess what's the point of any of it? Big deal to me because I think more businesses should operate this way. On one hand, you have a Brewers organization that said, you know what? Games are moving faster. Let's go ahead and extend beer sales. Beer sales were cut off late in games because they didn't want people getting too drunk because baseball games took a long time. Well, now they're not taking as long, so you could extend the inning restriction and you'd still be giving them the same amount of time. So they go out, they experiment with it. Turns out it doesn't work. So then they walk it back and they change it. That's how we all should be. The willingness to change your mind, the willingness to try new things. And if it doesn't work out, no harm, no foul, right? Mistakes. That's how we learn. Good job by the Brewers. I wish more businesses operated like this. Uh, we're at halftime in the Heat-Knicks game. Uh, Heat are up 56 to 48. 
pink deal, not a big deal. Uh, big lead for the Heat at halftime, Joe. Not a big deal because this is what pretty much was expected. I wanted to make a case that the Knicks could go ahead and make this a series, but they can't. They just aren't good enough. Miami's been fantastic. They're finding a way to knock down their shots tonight. They're 44% from deep. They're 52% from the floor. Once again, the Knicks just can't shoot. All right? A pedestrian 43% from the floor. They've already missed five free throws, 10 turnovers in the first half. They're sloppy. And when you play sloppy deep into the playoffs, you get bounced. That's how the Knicks have been playing. And this is despite the fact that Julius Randle's having himself a game, getting called out by close personal friend Stephen A. Smith. Randle's (laughs) 5 of 9, 12 points, 5 boards, and an assist. He's been playing well. To be clear, your close personal friend, not Julius yeah. Randall's. I mean, they might be close personal friends as well, but that's the reference that you were making there. Your close personal a. friend, yeah, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, this is not a big deal, even though this is my Miami Heat, and you guys will be shocked to hear me say that. It is an eight-point game, which is like absolutely nothing in today's NBA. I mean, nothing beyond nothing. If this was a double-digit lead, it frankly wouldn't be a big deal either the way that the scores can change so rapidly in today's NBA. The only way I would feel at this point at the half like it was a big deal is if the Heat were up like 35 points on the Knicks right now. That's not the case. So let's pump the brakes a little bit. I like how the game's going. Don't get me wrong. And even though Julius Randle is showing up like Joe said, which everybody was saying is the key for the Knicks, and yet the Heat are still weathering that storm. That's all very good news for my Miami Heat. I am enjoying this. I just don't want us to get ahead of our Ourselves. It's only halftime. Everybody calm down, James. Yeah, I shouldn't ask you that question, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, after learning the availability of Luck, was Andrew Luck was the subject of an inquiry last year by the Washington Commanders. Ursay, Jim Ursay, uh, Colts owner, took to social media Sunday night to warn teams about any correspondence regarding the long-retired Colts quarterback. Quote, if any NFL team attempted to, contract, to contact Andrew Luck, or any associate of him to play for their franchise, it would be a clear violation of the league's tampering policy, uh, Ursay posted on Twitter. Joe, big deal or not a big deal that teams were inquiring about Andrew Luck last season? No, not a big deal, because if you don't have a quarterback, he's one of the guys you should inquire about. Tampering or not tampering, right? The, The league's full of tampering. All sports are. That's how it works. It's just tampering if you get caught, essentially, but it's business for everybody else. So, you know what? You're Washington. You haven't had quality quarterback play in a very long time. You look around and you think, "Mm, remember this Andrew Luck guy? Maybe he wants to come back and play. What's the worst that can happen? He says no. All right, it takes us five seconds and we move on. So I don't think it's a big deal that people are inquiring because you know you're going to get a no for the most part. But I'd like to see him again. He just seems like one of these guys who's pretty content with his decision. This is not a big deal. This man's been retired since 2019, and he didn't have to retire by any means. This was his sole decision. He had three years left on his contract when he retired in 2019. That contact that contract told upon his retirement. So if he came back to football, it would be with the Indianapolis Colts, or they'd have to trade him, and he'd have three years left on that deal. I would imagine that if he was really interested in doing that and really interested in going somewhere else, that the Colts maybe would play ball because they could certainly get something in return for him but 
in large part, this is not a big deal because Andrew Luck seems to have left the game of football and never looked back. And it's really not a big deal that it's the Washington Commanders that apparently tried to inquire in 2022 because that's a desperate franchise and desperate franchises do desperate things. You can ask me, a Miami Dolphins fan who right now is suffering (laughs) without a first round draft pick in this last draft because, you know, tampering with Tom Brady. Hey, if you're going to shoot, shoot your shot, right? I mean, Tom Brady, shoot, shoot that's shot. a shot. They, yeah, hey, they shot their shot. It didn't work out. I guess the commanders also shot their shot with Andrew Luck. Apparently, they don't lose draft picks over it. I don't know what's happening there. All right. Quit whining. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> all right. Te- <laughs> Texans owner Cal McNair said Monday that neither he nor his wife, Hannah, forced his team's front office to draft Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. Quote, Hannah and I don't make the picks. We'll make it clear there, McNair said, during the 20th annual annual Houston Texans charity golf classic. We have a great group of scouts led by Nick Casario and James Lippert, and they did a lot of work on the draft board. Uh, Big deal or not a big deal, Amber, that uh, Texans ownership seems to be staying out of things with their uh, personnel. I mean, I'd say not a big deal. You're letting the people who you hired to do their jobs actually do their jobs. And although Joe and I earlier in the show, and if you missed anything here on Joe and Amber, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Although we established that if we were owners, we would definitely take the opportunity to be front and center sometimes and to be a little Jerry Jones's sometimes and a little Mark Cubanish sometimes and maybe enjoy the spotlight because we spent billions of dollars on that thing and we're going to enjoy it while we can. Although we both established that I do like the idea. If you have people in that position to make those decisions instead of you allowing them to make them. Now I'm not saying that if you're an owner, that you don't necessarily veto something that you think is like so overwhelmingly egregious if you think they're doing their decision terribly. But you hired those people for a reason, Joe, so you, you let them do their thing. This, to me, isn't a big deal or, or what is it, big deal, no deal? Not a big deal. Big deal, not a big deal. Do we need oh, to go yeah, over the rules wait. again? I should know that. I was so locked in. It's a disappointing deal to me. It's a disappointing deal. I wanted to believe this story was true. I want to believe the Texans are so inept that they put in all this time, all this effort, all this preparation, they have their draft board set, and then at the last moment, here comes the owner through the door, shooting from the hip, saying, thanks for everything, fellas. This is what you're going to do tonight. I find that sort of thing to be absolutely hilarious because there is nothing, absolutely nothing anybody can do about it. He owns the team. It's his call. So it's a disappointing deal because I'm really, really hoping somehow, some way, word comes out that this is, in fact, true. It's just hilarious been a- to me. That would have been the big deal. If that yes. was what was happening, oh, that so would have been funny. the big deal. This, frankly, eh, not such a big deal. We have more? Yeah, one more uh, real quick. So uh, Tiger Woods' ex-girlfriend, Erica mm-hmm. Herman, has accused him in court documents, among other things, that he had his lawyer break up with her at an airport in October after falsely telling her they were going on a weekend trip. Big deal or not a big deal, Joe, that Tiger uses his lawyers to oh, break up with his girlfriends, apparently. This, this uh, Tiger's relationship with girlfriends, wives, it, it the, allegedly, the, yeah, the, allegedly, the stories are not good. Just the sto- that's all I might be that's understating all I'm gonna say. it a tone. The stories with Tiger Woods and his romantic interests are just they don't seem to end well, some of them don't start well. 
Amber, I'll, I'll leave it to they you. They don't seem to go well, They period. don't go, yeah, uh, right. This one uh, certainly did not Jeez. end well. It has turned into a $30 million legal battle. That's what she's suing Tiger Woods for. She has made many accusations. The one that James just said, that his lawyer broke up with her, um, allegedly, at an airport. Well, is she that was wrong? evicted from his $54 million mansion in Palm Beach, allegedly. Now she's saying she signed a non-disclosure agreement. She's saying that she signed it back when she worked for him because she was the manager of his restaurant, I believe in Palm beach. And so she's alleging that that NDA should be set aside under these new federal laws that say, if you're the victim of sexual harassment or sexual assault, then you can get an NDA a non-disclosure agreement. You can essentially void the agreement. Uh, and, it's an interesting argument because she's saying that at the time their relationship, she's alleging, alleging at the time their relationship started, she was working for him. Um, so you could see the difficulty there from a le- the nerdy lawyer in me is interested in this one. But can because he I actually trouble? think it's an interesting legal argument for her attorneys to attempt to, to make to get this NDA set aside. Can he get in trouble, though, for having his lawyer break up with her? I'm not saying it's a classy move, but I didn't know it was an illegal move. No, there's nothing illegal about that, that it, it, in any in any way that I'm aware of. No, he's he's just I think she's just trying to paint paint a picture. Would you get back into law? Would you get back into law if you could be hired to go break up with guys, girlfriends? That would be pretty awesome <laughs> but you would want to do also, that also i practice, that's really sick and twisted i practice family law and so it's kind that's of what i law. have in fact done <laughs> so there is that uh Jeez, how been, messed up is she james there's a lot of messed that. up stuff there's, going on here behind the scenes i will tell you that and yet terrible. it's all wildly interesting as well uh coming up next here on joe and amber your turn to weigh in. We open up the phone lines to you. Is your ex-girlfriend suing you for $30 million <laughs> for kicking her out of your $54 million mansion? Give us a call. Anything else you want to talk about? NBA playoffs. Should Jokic have been suspended? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Coming up next, we play some caller roulette here on Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Joe and Amber's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We're opening up the phone lines to you. Triple H, say ESPN, whatever hot takes you want to bring our way. What's on your mind? NBA playoffs, Tiger Woods, Jim Ursay, Jokic, whatever you've got. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Before we get to your phone calls, though, Joe's going to do what he does best. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Three player props in the Warriors-Lakers game. Rapid fire. Number one, Anthony Davis under 24.5 points. He's gone over this in just four of nine playoff games, and his playoff high is 31. It's not like he's Jim Harden dropping – Jim Harden. Jim Harden dropping 40-plus. His ceiling is relatively limited. Good game, bad game. Good game, bad game. Good game, bad game. That's how it's gone for Davis. He had a good game in game three. We're predicting a bad game here, under 24.5 points. Number two, LeBron James, under 26.5 points. I don't get this prop. He scored 22, 23, and 21 in three games against Golden State. He was on a prop of 25.5, and and for some reason they bumped it up despite the fact that he's not getting there. He's only eclipsed this in one of nine playoff games. I don't understand it. I'm going under 26.5 on LeBron. And then for Steph, it's over 
four and a half made three-pointers. He crossed this in six of his first eight playoff games, but in the last two, he's been limited. He's only had seven total three-pointers in the last two games. Only played 29 and 32 minutes in those two games. That's the key. Big minutes tonight, big shot attempts, big scores. Anthony Davis under 24 and a half points. LeBron James under 26 and a half points. Steph Curry over four and a half made three pointers. That is your pizza money menu for this evening. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. The Golden Knights just. Ooh. There's music. I didn't Lovely. expect that. The Golden Knights, they just tied it up with the Oilers. Ooh, we got one, tonight, one. Man. James, what, what yeah. are you? No, no, no. I just, I'm, I'm back here. Uh, I'm taking calls. 888 uh, ESPN 729 uh, I just had, I just had a, a 12-year-old kid call in. His name is Casey. Hi, Casey. Uh, he, got, he just got a little nervous, I think. And then he said, I probably should go. I think my mom's <laughs> going to get mad at me. <laughs> oh, I love that Casey hijacked the phone but and I, went rogue, I'm, calling I'm, Joe and Amber. I'm very I do appreciate that. I'm very disappointed that he didn't stick on the line. Well, so listen, Casey's mom, let Casey call back. But thank you, Casey, for tuning in. We are taking your phone calls. The phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. Triple eight, say ESPN. You're getting 30 minutes bonus of Joe and Amber tonight. We are taking you up until 930 p.m. Eastern. That's when ESPN Radio will bring you coverage of Warriors Lakers. That is a 10 p.m. tip off in that game. So we were on air for an extra 30 minutes. We'll have plenty of time to get your phone call in. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's play some caller roulette. Right, because you already hit the caller roulette thing. So I should just say, let's spin the wheel. Yeah, that you, was my bad, you Rachel. definitely confused Rachel. It, I I, it took me a solid 10 seconds to register what I should do. Oh, that was my bad. Timothy. Timothy is in California. Hey, Timothy, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, guys, I was just calling uh, in regards to uh, Joker, uh, the Joker. I don't think he should be um, fined at all. I think the owner of the Sun should pay that fine. To uh, save face, and then also with Tiger Woods, no big deal at all. I think she just gotta get over it, um, <laughs> just get over the breakup. And then um, I always said, if I ever made it as like a superstar or a movie star, I would do it. Uh, Derek Jeter does. I mean, just don't get with anybody. Give him a nice basket with a nice credit card in there, and be done with it. That's it. Uh, those are all rumors um, about Derek Jeter. Um, however, Derek Jeter is married now uh, and, and does uh, have, have children as well with his lovely wife. Uh, moving on from the Derek Jeter conversation very quickly. Uh, Tiger Woods, yes, um, sure, uh, yes. It, you know, he's found himself in another relationship predicament here. He's being sued for $30 million. If I was Tiger, I might just be single for a minute. But in terms of the Jokic portion of Timothy's point there, Joe, I do think it would be a nice gesture if the Suns owner offered to pay the $25,000 that yeah, the NBA chop has it down the middle. for. Yeah, chop it I, down the middle. Nice. Maybe they can each chop do it, it down the middle, shake hands, say, you know what? That's how it is. We're all just competing out here. No harm, no foul. Chop it down the middle. Back to Woods, though. I am just fascinated by this. Tells her they're going on vacation. 
She goes to the airport, doesn't meet him, meets the lawyer who says he's breaking up with her, and then he changes the locks at the house. He had to think that whole thing through. That's not the type of thing you come up with, like, over drinks, over a 15-minute stretch. Like, you really plan that out. That is incredible. I wonder if he actually bought the tickets for the flight. See, this is the problem with having a $54 million mansion, right? Because... For most of us, if you're trying to get a significant other out of your house, it's probably not that hard. But when it's $54 million, probably a little bit more reluctant to leave that thing. So maybe that's Tiger's real problem here. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.